Okay, good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Riptide production here on Luke's Lounge. It's Com Talk again and I'm with my co-host for the segment, Sean Gregory Cooper. Coops, how you doing on this fine evening brother? I'm good mate, I'm a little bit cold, it's been bloody freezing here on the east coast. But Yeah, hasn't um, it? Oh, the mornings, to go to work early is not being fun. It's <laughs> really bad. Especially like, this morning was... Freezing, Your profession, mate. yeah, and icy yeah. cold pools. You're not getting sun for you know until nine or ten a.m. in there. It's a, no. it's a tough gig in winter. No, for sure. And um, there's been no waves either. It's probably yeah. worth mentioning. Finally, so. the east coast has gone flat, and um, we've experienced a, a spell where there's been no energy. I, I honestly probably yeah. for the first six months of the year, rolling all through a, um, a crazy summer period, and. All the swells through COVID and um, El Nino and La Nina and everything in between, man. Like it's yeah, yeah full roller coaster. But we're here to talk about the 2023 Itachoa Tiara Bodyboard Pro, <laughs> if I've um, <laughs> pronounced that correctly. If all the um, listeners out there, I really do apologise because I have that Australian twang in my voice. I cannot pronounce difficult fucking words from other yeah. nationalities, and I'm a shocker for it. It, it, it is a very tricky one, like Itakotiara. And we did, we did a bit of, uh, like we were looking, <laughs> we're trying to hear Bert, uh, oh God, what's her name? Bert, um, Begona. And, and the other guy, the other, oh, I should know his name. Fabio. But they were saying it so quick and it was like, come on guys, you got to say the big slugger for us. Yeah. When um, we're going over the highlights from, um, today they mentioned it so many times but when they were sp- yes. um, switching between brazilian portuguese portuguese spanish there was a little bit of french in there halfway through yep. the broadcast man like hats off to before we go further into the comp hats off to the commentary team there because i don't understand how they can quickly just switch their nationality hats and um come in with with different bouts of information it's it's Really, really quite impressive. It's impressive. The an Australian will never get it really because of where we live. We speak bad English and we don't have anything else really. So it, they they were born. I mean, they learn English in school. Um, the Europeans they learn probably four languages in school, and they're just so good at it. It's it's impressive. Well, mate, you've got an um, Argentinian wife and, you know, obviously all amazingly English speaking and, and, and do it so well. Like, you, 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 would, you, you would know only um, so forthright, man. Like, it must be hard, the language barrier from time to time. Yeah, for sure. And, and being Australian, I was talking about this today. Um, it, it, when I first met my wife, we had to... Who was beautiful, I, I was, Nanu, by the way. Oh, Shout out to yeah, Nanu. Nanu. We, 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 I would have to talk, you know, simple to her and I got used to it. And then when I'd come and see someone, you know, like I'd come and see you or a mate, she'd be like, oh, my God, like, what are you talking? You've, you've changed. And it's like you don't realise how bad we talk between each other. Um, oh, with slang it's crazy. And, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. 50 years of convict slang all just wrapped into one <laughs> and, and here we are now, 2023. But man, back to um, the final leg of the South American, or the final um, comp, sorry, the fi- uh, South American leg, if I can get that out. Um, <laughs> dude, like, you know, the location is 
pretty gnarly. And when you see those drone shots coming back over from the comp site, you really get an understanding of those towering cliffs coming down to the water's edge, the way they slant ever so perfectly and allow a lot of the energy and swell to roll up onto it and wash down and create those side wedges and ripples throughout the beach. You know, the conditions obviously um, change dramatically throughout the various days of competition. I guess being a beach break, it is quite tide dependent and you did see rips forming in other areas when they weren't before, when, when tides were coming in and out. They did mention on the broadcast too that they were coming into a... Um, new moon phase and that does mean there are a lot of um tidal changes during uh the heats throughout the day but i, I you, you you gotta give you you honestly gotta take a bow and um clap your hands to some of the competitors for the timing when it came to sections i felt because you know there it it, it you had to navigate through white water. You had to navigate through bobble and, and ripple on the wave. And, you know, some of the times, like, for example, that air reverse of Moises Silva, and I think it was in the semifinal, or no, the quarterfinal, yeah. going into the semifinal. Mate, that's off its head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that timing there was insane. But a lot of the times you saw them approach the lip and they just couldn't get that projection or couldn't get the timing right. So it did look yeah. different. I did. I noticed early in the rounds... I watched a few – I was up late a couple of nights and I woke up early a couple of mornings and flicked it on, which is literally the only time we can watch it live. But I noticed a lot of the time you'd see this wedge come, like, form. The competitor would turn around and be like, oh, this is the one they want. And they'd go down it and they'd hit, like, a step. So it wasn't like a clean bottom turn down and up. It was like they had something else to deal with that you could see on the on the face. So – it was almost like it bottomed out on them, and th- that would have been insanely hard to ride, like because they were big oh. waves, like they were pretty tall waves. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, man. The power looks crazy, and and you know, only us off air just before looking at the location in more detail on Google Maps, it's pretty much unbridled energy all the way from the south. The way the South American East Coast kind of just kinks out there, it's much like the East Coast in certain ways. Where say Newcastle receives a lot of that south push. Every time yep. that um, Tasman gets a southerly swell, it looks much the same off there. And you've you know got the Andes down there and a lot of strong southern systems in um, you know the first month of winter there in the southern hemisphere. Like it, it looked bombing some days. And for the final day, it was sure. great to see it kind of just clean up a little bit. They had variable winds, but it looked more contestable at times. I know there's people out there probably going to say oh, but it didn't provide enough bigger sections and, you know, it was difficult to manage because some were breaking further out and then some was on the inside bank. It was inconsistent. But it, it provided probably more like a, a focused arena and, you know, the, it, it wasn't just luck of the draw so much, you know what I mean? There was a lot more strategy in play instead of just big, washy 10-foot peaks rolling around the, the joint. Yeah, for sure. I think they called it off there for one day, yeah. Um, I think it was the biggest day of the swell. Uh, and then and then they went back to it like it, it the the size of the waves were hurting the event in my opinion like the, the bigger it got the worse it got it was it looked horrendous when it was big it was just big closeouts and then every now yeah. and then someone lucked into one which is i suppose that's competition but at the same time it was like oh we need it to drop off a bit and clean up as well like it must have been pretty you know it was pretty junky the whole swell really 
Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think they did the best with the the window they were presented, and it kind of told with the, some of the results when you look at some of the right. big names bombing out. And you know, just off air before speaking about round four, we had one of the biggest names of competition, Tristan Roberts, going down. You know, yeah, no I didn't even realize beach break. Yeah, sorry, I sorry to cut in. I actually didn't That's even right. realize he was in the event. I um, I don't make it's it's really hard to watch the early rounds because it's it's hard to watch it all. But um, I actually thought he skipped the comp, and then you said to me, oh, no, he was in. He was just bombed, which is <laughs> unlike him. Uh, but that, oh, that, sure. that just basically explains the conditions, mate, because I, I, when I was, I was kind of like picturing myself sit on, sitting on the beach, I, I, you know, you, you've done two contests before that. Um, you're probably pretty tired, and you've got to psych yourself up for another five, six rounds before the quarters. And it's big closeouts, and I was just like, "Oh my god, your, your mental state would have been like really hard. Like you, you'd almost want a coach there saying, "Hey man, you just got to get through this. Like just, just because it didn't look fun. That's what I'm trying to say." Nah, definitely not. And I, it was kind of noticeable in some of the athletes that did turn up for the event. You could kind of see that might have been one of the events they were looking. Because, you know, as, as the new format stands this year in the IBC, only four of the events in the men's um, competition count towards your overall points towards the end of the year and the final total for the championship. So a lot of competitors this year have seemed to have um, eyed off this last leg of the South American Tour as something they probably... Um, could or couldn't go to and use it as like a, a bit of a leverage, leveraging point depending on where they, they were in the rankings or, you know, how long the extended travel was and maybe just calling it quits, trying to get a bit of a break now because between Brazil into Maldives, you've got a six-week break. You've got um, the DK Pro over in um, Hawaii. I can't remember the name of that competition, but that occurs in, I think, three weeks' time, but nothing from the, the, the men or the women's until the Maldives on the 2nd of August. So, yeah, interesting to see Brazil yeah. wasn't um, the flavour for a lot of people, man. But, you know, for people yeah. like um, Sammy Morantino, you, you could see there was a lot of passion in his win over Dave Hubbard in the uh, in round six. And, you know, even the likes of Jon Amir, man, that um, French French fellow, like he, he's really starting to make a name for himself um, with very consistent results in, in especially the, the, three, um, the three South American competitions. So it's really cool to see new blood coming up on the tour too, Coops, you know. Like you can definitely tell yeah. there's, a bit of, um, there's a bit of spruik and hype about it and, and people want to get involved. Yeah, for sure. I thought Ethan Capdeville from France. Um, he's he's been quite impressive. The la the whole leg, like the whole South American leg. Um, I've I didn't even I've never seen him before, and I was like, oh, this is he, he rips, man. He did really well in this contest in particular. He had a few old names in there: Diego Cabrera um, and Yuri Valadera. Um, the Brazilian world champion, he was in oh, there. Solid war horses. You can't keep them out of the game, mate. They just keep turning up year in, year out. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Polish off so, the fucking armor. Fucking sharpen so, the tools. Get out there. Put the blades on. Fucking love oh, it. Oh, no. Oh, this, this event, mate, like, it, anyone could have, like, anyone could have won because it, it's not, it wasn't predictable. Like, Antofagasta had at the end, the last day, it was one backflip back, back bowl. And yep. whoever did the best one won, and that's what happened. 
Um, in this contest, it was like, let's see who which wedge comes to who. And all of a sudden, some guy gets a 10 out of nowhere that, you, no offense, but you haven't heard of some of the guys. And it's like, oh, my God, anyone could win this contest, man. Um, and so I, I like hats off to whoever. Obviously, um, Moises wins. Um, and like hats off to him. Like, wow. Yeah, because he actually did, out of all the riders, and you know, you, you make a super valid point because it's a shifty beach break. There isn't like a set in stone kind of um, strategy you can always put in place. And you've always, what it seemed to be with the competitors, you've always got to have a plan B and C. and and lean on them when when things are getting tough and you need a score. But it was really quite noticeable that Moises Silva was in tune with that wave from the beginning. And a lot of the times, that you know, even for the, for example, in the final, Tanner was getting busy and that strategy had been working throughout the entire competition because of the wave count and, you know, two or three, four attempts at a backflip bowl and you're probably going to get a good lofty projection section to kind of go go bonkers on but Moses Silver I think sat there for 22 or 23 minutes after getting yeah. some low scores put the fucking anchor in out the back and just waited for for the Atlantic oh, to deliver man, man. and he just but... got that that bowl like that was that was high class bodyboarding yeah like well yeah like if you want to talk about the final let's do it like that it oh uh... Should we talk about the final? Because <laughs> it's like the best thing to talk about. Yeah, um, I know, I know. Like, I'm just like, thinking, like that backflip you got for the 8.5, like that. That was no, that was, it's that was pretty it, good compared to a lot of flips throughout the comp. No, you remember last last time we were talking and we were talking about backflips and we were like, oh come on, everyone's doing backflips. But if you do a backflip properly and do it right, it it has it, it's it's here to stay. Like that's what we want to see. You know what I mean? And that was that exact example. He came, he went, he had no waves. He came down, he comes around this section. It was kind of like chandeliering a little bit and then it cleans up on him and then boom, he just, he launched and he landed perfectly. Like it was sick. Yeah, it was complete control. And you could tell the way he spun around and kind of popped out. He was, he was good to go. You know, I, let's talk about the Tanner backflip because obviously that has caused a lot of controversy. And I want to make a point before I go any further with this because, um, you know, there's two sides for this and, and, and judging can be very subjective at times. So completely understand people's um, different points of view. But, you know, mm-hmm. for example, thinking back to last year at Fronton where you had Tristan land that ridiculous backflip in an eight-foot barrel and spin back around, but then get eaten at mm. um, on the left there, but he was awarded the score. When you had Tanner, on the other hand, land a flip here under the criteria that had been running through the whole Brazilian comp, um, that wasn't awarded a land because none of those moves during that exact competition had been awarded in that wave space as a as a make where at front on you had a different set of criteria, a different set of, um, you know, judge, judging critiques. And then it was, that was because of the severity of the wave and how you can't really ride out of it. That's, that's where it sat. So I, 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 I kind of see where people are coming from with it, but for me, when he's landed back on the wave, he has control and then loses it straight away and gets eaten. And then that just can't be a make in my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, I knew you were going to bring that up about Tristan last year. 
I went back and watched it. And so he he's on the left. Exactly what you were saying about the criteria, criteria that was things like that were awarded through the event because of the type of wave it is. Um, Tristan in that wave too, he lands in the pocket the, he, and you see him land. The barrel goes over him. He comes out of that barrel and then he goes into another section and then he falls off. Whereas Tanner, it, like sick backflip, he went up, he looped over, same kind of backflip where he, he kind of flared his legs out and came like completely came around landed and disappeared immediately like he was gone um if the biggest problem i've got with the the couch couch potatoes like um judging is they're they're watching the slow-mo clip a lot and all all of the the comments were on the slow-mo bit um if you watch that in real time mate you disappear straight away it's like oh well like the the judges would have been. I'm not sure if the judges watched the replays, and I'm not sure if they watched them in slow mo. But if it wasn't in slow mo, they wouldn't have even second thought it. They would have just said, "Oh no, you didn't make it. That's it. Let's move on. What's next?" In yeah. my opinion, one hundred and ten percent. And there were a lot of more critical moves done throughout that whole competition that had a heavier landing. Like for example, how was that one when he landed in the last five? I think it was the last. Like sorry minute or so trying to answer back to the lead change over to Moises and um man yeah. like to, to to actually come out of that flip or ARS whatever you'd like to call it that was insane you know what I mean and that and that should be awarded because he he did make it same is to be said for the first one he he had that opportunity but unfortunately he couldn't outrun the whitewash and that's as it stands I <laughs> you got to feel for Tanner because and you can feel the public outcry because the whole <laughs> Californian, American, Hawaiian, you know, Western supporter base and even just bodyboarders all around the world are just rooting for him and trying to lift him up to that first podium spot. And technically, can I just say, he probably is the best bodyboarder in the world right now. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a freak, man. You, you watch his moves, air forwards, reverses, backflips they're all done in the same manner they're all done with his body connected to the board he's a tight compact little fucking nugget of power and he's just like so you know what i mean he's a freak man but when it comes to competition you see the best of the best you know for example slater john john medina in the surfing world and that say bring it back to bodyboarding with say like stewart tamega severson you know hub people vying for these world titles pierre amore there's millimeters between them and this what this is what happens in competition and this is why this cauldron of you know intense 30 minute surfing in a final is such a good format because it's got drama that just electrifies the whole beach in the last you know five minutes of that of of, of that thing and it just creates a storyline that you couldn't really write oh uh, the the craziest storyline of that final was moises didn't catch a wave there was eight minutes to go, right? There, I, I've written it down. There's eight minutes to go, and he gets the best wave of the heat, okay? Um, it was a mirror image of Arika. It's exactly what happened to Tanner. In Arika, he had no waves. 
kind of caught a couple of waves in Eureka, but they were they were burgers. And then he did that full rotation air reverse, and he was in the driver's seat basically because he needed a four point five in Eureka. Moises needed a three point five, so it was kind of like it was so similar. This was like this is wild, and the clock's ticking. The difference between Moises and Tanner and Eureka is Moises had he had like I think he had like five minutes to find a wave and he sat there and sat there and sat there and he needed a three and a half and he got it. And it was like, oh my God, like that's exactly what I thought in Eureka would have happened because I'm like, sure. you got this, man. You just got to get a four and a half, get the lead back and you're going to win this final. And it's, you just got to feel for him, mate, because it's like, was this luck or is it strategy or, or what is it? Because we've got to flick this switch, man, because he's just got second three times and he's he, like, he, he, he's on top of the world, but in his post on Instagram, it was a little bit like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving a bit like glass half full type thing, you know, or half empty. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, after three seconds at the highest level and, and possibly not, uh, not at his own fault, you know, because finals nah. anything anything can happen in him. But they're they're just small one percenters that seem to be going against him at the moment. I think he's got to look at it positively, or you know, positive light. Um, and I and I hope he is. I'm sure Mike and his his camp is saying the same thing to him that like he's sitting well above anyone on like the leaderboard. Like you know, he's on seven thousand nine hundred fifty five points. Moises Silva who's just won a comp is behind him on 6,183 6, points. So there's like, you know, 1,700, 1,800 points difference between them. I'm not saying, you know, that's a huge, huge amount, but there's definitely space there for him to consist, consistently keep performing and maybe get one, under, one win underneath the belt throughout the remaining comps. And he's, 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 he's sitting pretty, you know what I mean? I know. I, I was thinking about that, like, is is him and Stuart talking tactics or are they not? Like, like I wonder. I wonder if they sit down, they break things down, they watch their the heats and and they go, okay, we've got this guy next. Like Mike Stewart, he's done everything. But I'm I'm, I'm like, I would love to be a fly on the wall with the combo after some of these comps because is it just pure frustration of like, what the fuck is going on, like? I'm on top of the world, but I gotta win. It, I just—he he had that final too, the Moises one. Like he—it was there was eight minutes left, and he hadn't even caught a wave, mate. You know, so like I—I kind of just wonder. I wonder, like the whole coaching thing in surfing is so beneficial, man. I, I would have loved it twenty years ago if someone was sitting on the beach telling me what to do because it would help. It would help a lot. Um, so I wonder if someone like Tanner, he's got Mike Stewart in his corner. I wonder if they're they're going deep or he's just like you're on your own, champ. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point, eh? I, I wonder if there is a lot of chat because some some mentors would just let the athlete formulate their own game plan and give them hints and tips here, while others might be more kind of in their pocket and and kind of you know really working tightly with him not not saying Mike's not working tightly with um Tanner but you know just the the different styles and approaches and not to like step on anyone's toes but really man when you kind of look at the strategies that he's employed in the last couple of finals you're right you know the Eureka one um you could tell Tristan Roberts in 
um, Anna Fagasta. Like that was just um, Tristan was on a roll and he was coming up through the comp and, and yeah, and, and everything worked out. Good. Like his, yeah. his game plan worked. You know what I mean? Like I suppose he, he, the the other thing to say is that he does. I'm pretty sure someone like Tanner has to surf seven times. So uh, something's working. He got through seven heats. Um, oh, true. It's, so it's, true. So true. So it's just that I, I honestly think it's just a bit of – I think Eureka was a bit of a fail, but I think the other two were a bit of bad luck, to be honest. But do you reckon Eureka might have been a throwaway from Tanner because he kind of blew it with not – see, for the example, Moises Silva closed out the final with the safe roll, knowing he needed yep. to get the score of the four, the three point, whatever it was. With Tanner went for the Hail Mary invert, which is was it invert to air reverse? Did you, did yeah, yeah, that was the one. Like, yeah, bruh, yeah, like was... pull the inverse back and just do a solid innie or a move that you know. Out Even of a that. roll. Even, Even a, a roll. roll. Like, yeah, it could, like that could score. have been a tactic. Like do a roll and land in the flats and jump off and then get back out there and then go for the Hail Mary because you're, you're back in the lead. Do yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know. And he's probably so confident in his ability and obviously putting on a good show because I can tell the athletes after watching some things backwards and forwards are very mindful of trying to put on a performance that is worthy of a international competition. And I think obviously they want to, you know, they're wary and understanding of the situation of the sport and obviously want to push it as hard as they can. And, you know, I heard one of the athletes, um, I think it was Captaville actually, um, mm speak in an in an eighth uh in a uh, after a post heat in, interview sorry and just saying how you know the show must go on and and you've got to go out there every time depending on the conditions and just put on your best performance and and yeah they're definitely wary of like trying to be uh to showcase an exciting sport which is which is pretty cool yeah i i heard one of his interviews too and i you know, i like that guy he i actually made mention of uh in the quarters, he was cruising with, um, I think it was Sammy or, or or another Brazilian guy that's got similar names. But they, um, he was kind of like not winning. And then all of a sudden, he gets this insane left pit, mate. Like, it was a big open and then it spat him out. And it was so cool because, you know, like we were seeing a lot of rolls and then a lot of like wedge overs that, did nothing and and then you'd see someone do some sick like flip or whatever but every now and then someone would get a really good pit and I, it was a that was i thought that was a highlight for me like to see someone ride the barrel yeah like that. Dude, definitely especially a way like that it's not like you know a reef break or a, a big open pit that on like a beachy that you know is just meant to be meant to be slotted into like it looked so difficult and they'd clamp and they'd twist on you and yeah. like it looks like an insane beach. The amount of energy that gets pushed into those little corners there looks looks wild. Brazil in general, like with that whole island um, kind of region in the in the state of Rio, like it's it's epic, eh? Like it's 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 almost like Esperance in um, WA, but on steroids because all the rock shelves are about three times higher than anything we've got in Esperance. Like it's 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 steroids cool. on the in the water or on the land. Oh, in mate. the parties, in the favelas. Dude, I reckon there's so much going on in those favelas. I reckon not even just steroids. I reckon there's there's like a lot of collagen bum implants, implants. You know, there's a lot of like different things being concocted up there, bro. It's, it's oh, excellent. mate. I um, actually 
fun fact, off topic, I um, met my wife in Rio. No way. And, uh, yeah, we went to this party. It's called the Fun Party in Rio. And you get a bus out there and it's in the favela, in a favela, sorry. And it was this massive warehouse, mate. It was packed. And there was a stage above it, like a, a like a bit looking down onto the dance floor. And the hostel goes, okay, if anyone wants to go down, you can go down. But you're on your own. And like me and my mate were down there within a second. Like it was going off, mate. Like I can't explain. <laughs> <laughs> the party, the way they party, mate, is like no other. We have no idea here in Australia, mate. It is wild. It's epic. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. a little bit off topic. No, no, dude. Give the culture the background. The, the South Americans do know how to party, eh? Like they celebrate. They celebrate the the good things in life really well. Like you know, family, culture, party time, like leisure. Um, For sure. Yeah, cool, families. Eh? Families huge over there. Talking of families, how cool was it? The two brothers in the same heat in the semi-finals. Oh, Moises man. and Rodrigo. That is. So sick. Oh For my sure. god. And they're and they're both equally as talented and both gonna be superstars on the world stage um for years to come, man. Like they're they're ripping. They are For sure. Ripping. You t- tell me this. You were mentioning the other day you got a bit of a hot tip on Moises years ago, yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah. Um Alex Leon actually really, really liked Moises Silver back in the day. He also likes Socrates Santos too, which he's um, Santana. Yeah. Sorry, Socrates Santana. He's a, he's also a huge talent from. Um, he's from Brazil and um, Moises from Chile. Yeah, but Alex Leon mentioned him a, a, a while back ago, and it always stuck with me. And then you'd see him come up to the juniors, and now he's in the men's division. And yeah, so shout out to Leo. You were um, bang on with this one. And where was the should have been a hot tip, eh? It should have been a sports bet market or something. We could have thrown down 50, could have been 51. Oh, no. You know, these odds, like, fuck. That's another thing with bodyboarding. I know we don't want to encourage gambling, but fuck, wouldn't we mind to have a couple little slide bets on the, <laughs> on the you know, on the outcomes every now and again? Imagine that. I mean, yeah. Dude, I mean, they that... used to be able to bet on the Shark Island Challenge. I remember back, like, when it was pumping, say, between 2000 and... Seven in two thousand and thirteen or fourteen. No I don't think you can do it in two thousand and sixteen when I had a had had a go at it. But like, dude, there was like, um, what was it called? Oh, it was one of the first online gambling companies, and they were doing odds and markets and like you know best wave of the competition, highest heat score. They were giving odds for riders. Like I remember, you could get like. Nine dollars for Ben Player or four dollars no for Ryan Hardy. Yeah, insane, insane. What was Nugget Purcell paying, mate? Oh man, I, th- I think he was a bit of a roughie. Like everyone knows he's got the talent, but the problem is the cunt can't put it together, and he's half cut all the time. So like you know, when he when he puts it together, we'll be sweet, won't we, Mister Nugget? Mate, I would have put my house on the guy. Like he's 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 coming home with it in my opinion. <laughs> Look. He's the Nugget. island goat, in my opinion. He's he the is. island goat. He, he is. He is. For all the jokes put aside and, and how much he loves to get on the on the piss and the gear, like he's a, he's a good good fella and an unbelievable bodyboarder. Like oh, some 100%. of the things he's done out there is a fucking ridiculous. Hundred percent. The um, so back to the contest. Look, I, I think it was uh, it was fun. Into the, the the last day was pretty good. 
I thought the early rounds, I thought the waves were, oh, I just would have hated to have been in the contest personally. Um, uh, yeah, it's cool. It is what it is. What do you think? Yeah, man, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a good comp. It's always fun to watch those, those like shifty peaks and always, um, interesting to see who can work it out and who seems to be in flow with it and in sync with the waves. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the athletes are glad the South American League's over. Not because it hasn't been fun; it hasn't provided pumping waves. Like really, every um, every every contest has had very contestable waves, and it's provided epic viewing. I just think you know the length of time, and obviously the amount of heats they've had to surf. Like it, for the amount of competitors coming um, into the into the heat draw, like yeah, when you're surfing six or seven heats in a day, or um, backing them up you know, day to day, it's, um, it's big workload, but I thought yeah. it was still pretty, pretty entertaining. And, um, you know, there was, there was some zest and drama in the final, which we always love. And yeah, man, like it was, it was, it was really cool. And really like, I've, I've got to go back on our first potty coops, man. We, we, we spoke about like, you know, getting variation and, and different maneuvers in for possible different types of waves. And, and adjusting the criteria to not just award backflips, but other, um, other, other, other moves and stuff. Man, I, I totally forgot they're going to Morocco this year. Like, that's going to help heaps with a long point break. Yeah, but um, I wonder where they're going to run it. Because, do you know, you've been there, yeah? You've been to Agadir? Yeah. So, I still have to wave in town in Agadir. It's like a left and a right. Uh it'd be the perfect place for a contest and it's kind of like the, the place where all the boogers surf on a normal day. Um, oh, like, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine. Where, where would they run it? They're not going to have, surely they're not going to have it at anchor point. Yeah, I don't know. Eh? I really should look into that a little bit further. But Yeah, I mean, maybe we can ask Biram, like, like write to him and ask him where they're going to actually write it. Right? Because... Because I mean the, the the wave I'm talking about I can't, I don't know what it's called but it's like a it's a classic, and it's not you're not going to get exactly what you just said you're not going to get the po- the point breaks it's just a it's another kind of peaky beach break like it's it's like a peak it's a left and a right and you know it's kind of long and yeah so for me the first question I've got is where they're going to run it yeah it's um, cool interesting to see. Yeah, it's cool they're going to a new place for sure. I mean, they went to the Maldives last year and it was sick. So, uh, which is the next contest, which I'm looking forward to, eh? Yeah. What about yeah. you? Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to it for sure. Um, keen as to see what happens over there, and and yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fucking great time, Coop. So, I'm, yeah, man, I'm I can't wait to break it down. Yeah, the tour to roll on. Um, but yeah, wrap up of Brazil, man. Happy days. Thought it was excellent, and. Um, yeah, really enjoyed watching it on the nine-hour drive up from Sydney to Byron today. I literally just had it on on the pump in the car for seven hours. I, What's the whole final day? I, I think that's a good point to make too is, is the whole point of talking about it is like I listen to some people talk about bodyboarding nowadays and they're like, everyone's just so neg. And it's like, man, if you actually sit there and watch it, it's it's so good, mate. You've you got to go back. You've got to watch it. You can't criticise something without watching it. And that's the point of you and I talking, in my opinion, is to encourage people to, to get the froth back on as far as I'm concerned because it's, there's a lot of positivity out there. 
Dude, I totally agree. And and honestly, like the skill level that has has been demonstrated just this year alone on the IBC with all the riders and everywhere just just blowing up around the world. I think Australians need to take a good hard look at themselves and, and kind of kick into gear a little bit and be like, you know, like only if you want to and if you love bodyboarding and you want to get on, into that side of things. But don't think it's lame to go compete and all that kind of stuff. I know it's super expensive. I know right now there's no comps in Australia and it's very hard to get sponsors and, and, and money. So I'm not criticizing anyone but you're right man this stigma of like it's lame and it's not doing anything and blah 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 Let's yeah oh, i didn't because... watch it I, you know like this yeah, oh. dude the bodyboarding's epic like oh yeah, my goodness for sure like best way of the contest in my opinion moises uh he's there of us it was Hands so down. sick mate like um like it, it, i don't think everyone in that contest could have done that so that was a credit to him, and then he won the contest. So that's that's so cool. Yeah, for sure. And and going back to that point we were speaking about before, he just seemed in tune the whole time. So I think you're right. The best man won on the day, and yep. um, the Hawaiian Tanner McDaniel needs to go home a happy man, knowing that you know he's one step closer to uh, achieving a world title, and he's one step closer to winning the next comp. For sure, he's a mile ahead, so um, there's a big chance he's going to win a world title this year. No pressure. No but pressure, boys. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Head down, bum up, do it for a while. <laughs> Come on, mate. Oh, yeah. All right, Coops, man, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time out of the day, man, to um, talk Boogan and, you know, let's uh, wrap this up and get the kids to bed. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Love your work, and I'll talk to you soon. Happy days, bro. You. See you, bro.